0: Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Your Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Laura. I'm Paul. Today, we're delighted to have Fainia from Great Place to Work with us. You're very welcome, Fainia. Thanks very much. Delighted to be here. Excellent. Fainia, we're going to kick it off, if you don't mind. Can you tell us a little bit about you and Great Place to Work?
2: Yeah, no problem. So I'm a consultant in with Great Place to Work, and I think it's terrifyingly I'm going into my fourth year with them at this stage. Um, So actually, I suppose my own trajectory with the business gives you a sense of what it is that we do. So when an organisation gets involved with Great Place to Work, there's two elements to what we do. The first is we survey all employees, um, and we get kind of a range of data from that. And then the second piece what we do is an organisation puts in what's called a culture audit. So, it's based around nine practice areas how you hire, how you communicate, how you recognise, there's a whole range of things in there. And when I started with the Great Place to Work, I was part of the culture team that assessed those documents. So, I was kind of getting um, culture audits in from a range of industry, range of size, that whole piece, um, and kind of going through those and assessing them as part of their submission. Um, And then the role itself has kind of expanded out now that it's a full consultancy-led piece. So I'll be going back in, delivering an overall result session to an organisation, okay. giving them a sense of their... Data and um, what their practices are, benchmarking them against other industry, kind of an example of best practice, that kind of piece, and then springboarding that into action planning and driving change within the organisation.
0: Okay, so you did well here, not so well here. This is what you could do, that, that type of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. So here's an idea of your relative strengths. This yeah. is where you're kind of, you know, ahead of your own industry or organisations of your size. Yeah. And here are some relative opportunities for you too. So it might be worth investing in your career path mapping. Or okay. um, there's a bit of a sense around people not clicking in with the strategy, how can we help you make that more explicit? Okay. Um, and actually, depending on how uh, much kind of slicing and dicing that organisation has done with the data, we can say things like, actually, it's the managers of your marketing department who are really feeling the pinch, how can we help you okay. help them? You so know, you can get so. really
0: specific. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it depends on what's going to be useful for the organisation. Yeah. You know, if you've got 20 people. There's only so much of that yeah. you can do. And we have to protect people's confidentiality, sure. too. But if you're in a bigger setting, if you take a big retail where there's thousands of people, yeah. we can get a sense of, okay, well, here's a couple of high-performing stores. What can we learn mm-hmm. from them? And what learnings can we translate across the kind of employee experience? And
0: then do great place work, do you guys work on improving scores, for example? Do you work with partners? How does that all work?
2: So this kind of, it's very... So an organisation often asks us that at the start, so you know, when we get our results back, what, what do we do at that point? It's almost impossible for us to tell them that until we've actually seen their data, right? For some it's, you're there, you're going to be recognised, congratulations, you've got a great trajectory going, yeah. continue on that path. For some it's, you're almost there, you could you know, do with a bit of specific work around X, Y and Z. But also how can we help you learn from our wider network yeah. so actually we know guys who are doing performance management really well performance management has turned up to be a bit of a pain area for you guys let's yeah. put you in touch have a chat and kind of figure that out from there on so there's going to have that dual access i suppose yeah.
0: very good and um, obviously we connected with the uh, employee engagement mm-hmm. guides that we're releasing today or has been released <laughs> <my> <laughs> <remember> <laughs> yeah yeah and um, so Within that, you, you kind of shared three specific things uh, or three three findings. And um, wonder, could you talk us through those, please?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big areas for us, and we're seeing it as a kind of a growing area in both the culture of it and the data is around career and development. So mm-hmm. people really wanting to understand what that means, the slight terror and future of work and what's that going to mean? My role won't exist in five years. Yeah. and how can we <laughs> kind of co-create Robots that together? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, you know, um, so there's kind of three things that we're seeing that some organizations are doing really well in this space. So the first is those who are finding that sweet spot between I have enough work that I'm sufficiently challenged and up for it, yeah. but not so much work, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, um and they've really managed to bridge that experience for employees. Mm. Um and I suppose having a bit of accountability and co-ownership in that too. So people being able to say it's too much mm. or bring it on. You know, I've really enjoyed that. How can I keep doing or going in this trajectory? The second is generally people join organizations, but they leave managers. So managers Mm. are critical to the employee experience of an organization and we've all had experience of it. You know, we've had that experience of a great manager who knows how to recognize me, gets how I work, knows how to challenge me, knows how to kind of stretch me, that kind of piece oh I could also turn and say okay enough or do you know what I actually need to go pick up the kids today is that alright and Mm -hmm. he'll allow that to happen or he or she will allow that to happen and we've had the flip so when you don't have a great relationship with your manager when it's not clear for that manager how that consistent behaviour can be applied it generally turns into a pretty you know low trust first of all for us and sure. um, but then also kind of non-enjoyable employee experience so while somebody may be really committed to their work and really committed to the organization their experience of their manager isn't great and that's why they leave mm. okay so it's kind of a a specific piece and the managers who are doing stuff really well again kind of going back to their career and development piece are co-creating the career trajectory of their employees so having that chat, keeping it regular, it's not a one-year performance development review process where we yeah. have to tick nine boxes and put you in a matrix and that kind of mm. piece. It's 20 minutes every month. What's going well? What's not working well? How can I help you? What does support look like? How are we going to keep you moving on in this in this place? Um, and then the final one is around, you know, it's in the literature it's called the EVP, so the Employee Value Proposition. Mm. And this is the communication to everybody what it means to be working here, what our culture means, but also what are all the practices? You know, what's our promise to you as any given employee? Mm-hmm. And organizations who are doing this really well, communicating that really well, are getting really good buy-in from employees. They're yeah. unlocking that level of discretionary effort that people know, okay, if I give myself over, this is the benefit for me within this. Yeah. I can see where the organization is going, I can see what's an offer to me, and I can see where I fit into that. So I suppose they were the three main pieces that, uh, that we're kind of seeing in that career and development space.
0: And the, the EVP one, actually, I, I think uh, Niamh from The Pudding talked about that in The Guide as well. Um, something they're very strong on, and that needs to be very authentic. Absolutely. Mm. And, and real, and not just words on the wall.
2: And, you know, people often come to us and go, what's the copy and paste here, guys? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's the secret sauce? And copied, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work that way, and people yeah. don't buy it it's not authentic. So... And it depends on your environment so if you're a heavily driven sales culture and mm. um, certain things are going to work for you that aren't going to work for an R&D lab and pharma right. right you know so you you can't play with it that way and yeah. Um, uh, yeah I just it actually just don't I suppose on that one we were doing a bit of work with a with a pharma and uh, they were looking at flexi work mm-hmm. because flexi time has yeah. become one of those big driving forces in the market that kind of piece and their lab guys are kind of saying, we'd like a bit of flexi time. And they're like, well, you can't bring the lab home. Mm. So yeah. what's the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't work from home because, yeah. because of what's going on, but what's the equitable offering, right? Yeah. So is it that we get a decent level of shift work going on or, or you know, how does that work for you? That's an equitable experience to mm. the guys who are in the office who mm. are able to avail a flexi time, right? So that's the authentic piece. It yeah. makes sense for the employees in the environment and it makes sense for the organisation overall.
0: And I guess that all can change potentially as companies grow and move from Absolutely. small to medium to large or the categories you use, aren't they? yeah uh, yeah
2: so depending on the size of the workplace the nature of the work and yeah. um, what we would also see is and and i suppose this is why it's core to our model is it comes down to how trusting the environment is yeah. so trust is core to mm-hmm. the great place to work model and if you try and implement flexi time in a low trust environment people are going just, Dave's not at his desk, he's yeah. definitely not getting any work done, we can guarantee that. Yeah. In a high trust environment, geez, we haven't seen Dave in four weeks, we better check in, make sure he's getting on all right. You know, it's just a different yeah. type of conversation that you're having.
0: That, that can be a real shift though, like when you introduce flexi-time or work from home or whatever. Mm. Um, so we, we did it ourselves when we well, pretty much when we started the business, that you know, consultants have the opportunity to work from home whenever they want and it's not a case of, shit, they aren't here at 10 o'clock or whatever. It's... Must be working from home today yeah. but it's hard to
2: get that balance it,
0: it's even hard to make that mindset shift yeah and you need that trust and you need that it, it's a different way of managing now
2: and we would you know there's, there's a an overall feeling that maybe in an irish market a lot of managers aren't there yet so yeah. if someone's not yeah. at their desk they're not working yeah. you know and the kind of catch up that needs to go there there's two other pieces one is we've seen it kind of coming out of our us um data That they've almost gone too far so nobody ever sees anybody anymore and there is no sense of kind of a work community or work environment and how are they going to combat that and actually we were doing a bit of work with an organization here in ireland and they had really fantastic flexible work practices it was something that people really benefited from their main demographic were you know parents so they really liked the fact that they could either drop kids school pick them up you know they were afforded really great flexible working practices during the summer And the energy scores were low Mm. right Mm. and we did a bit of focus group work with them and turns out for a lot of people it wasn't particularly energizing working from home or the days they did come into the office they weren't seeing their team Mm. so you know you're kind of on email to people the whole time you're maybe not even on the phone to people and the simple thing that they did was every second thursday is the day that that team comes in so everybody in that team is in and on the same day they're bouncing off each other they're having the chats and everybody's going home and that was enough you know Mm.
0: Um, but, but one other thing on this, <laughs> no, it's just just really interesting, that the challenge and support aspect. Mm. Um, so in, in our coaching, we have a coaching business that's separate to yeah. top tier recruitment. And possible possibly, challenge mm. and support is one of the most common things I see come up. And I know when I when I went through it initially, the training, uh, it was a guy called Tim Galloway, um, who's yep. a, a former tennis coach, wrote a book called The Inner Game, um, who really talks about challenge and support. And the whole thing was, you know, you can win every single game of tennis you want if you're a grown adult playing nine-year-olds, but where's the challenge? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I like that. And the other
0: side is if you you don't have enough support, then you don't feel um, comfortable enough to take a risk to meet the challenge. It's that challenge support, it's tricky, and I think you can only really get that by really working with your team and really communicating with people and asking them questions as opposed to finding solutions for problems straight away as well.
2: Yeah, and the other big piece we'd see in that is how is failure dealt with? Mm. So, if you take a risk, you take a project on, it doesn't work, yeah. is it brushed under the carpet and none of yeah. us talk about it, or is it, okay, didn't work, yeah. let's come back together as a team, let's figure out what we're going to learn from this and how yeah. we're going to springboard that mm. into future projects. Yeah, yeah. And that has a big impact on how up for it people can be.
0: And, and a really interesting question around failure, you know, if, if a company says we want people to fail, it's okay, when's the last time you did fail? Yeah. Know, yeah. It's, it's just an interesting one to ask. But. And yeah. again,
2: we'd see some best practice around this is mm. some organizations have a fanfare around failures. What are the best failures of this month? How mm. are we celebrating yeah. failure? And you're going to go, what? <laughs> celebrating failure? But it's part of their culture. Um, and actually, without taking those risks, they're not going to get the advances in their product or in their yeah. offering or whatever it is. But they've embraced it as opposed to, let's not talk about that. You mm. know? Sure. So it's kind of where you are on that as well.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Fenya, great place to work has and continues to gather some fascinating data any other interesting insights you can share for employers
2: yes when i was chatting to the team about this one before i came across you know leeching all their knowledge too Mm -hmm. and i actually think one of the biggest things that we're beginning to see is there's a lot of sensationalism around great place to work so it's bean bags and it's free food and it's a pool and it's gym (laughs) and it's you know all those wonderful things And absolutely, there are organisations who are part of you know, our list and who we work with who have all those wonderful things. Yeah. But actually, what's driving The Great Place to Work is people who are doing the basics really well. So okay. they're linking people into the value, the vision, the mission of the business. People understand where their work fits in. They're communicating really well. So messages are getting from the top to the bottom, both good and bad. I suppose linking back to that failure piece. Sure. How are they building that in? And there are mechanisms to get a message from the bottom to the top. I feel that I'm going to have an impact on changes that are going to affect yeah. my job, my career, that kind of piece. Um, what else we're we saying? Yeah, people who are really clear about development trajectories, that piece, able to recognise people for a job well done, and um, you know, people being able to link back with something bigger than themselves, maybe through their CSR or their health yeah. and wellbeing, you know, that kind of piece. So it's just, we just had that chat, you know, and, and and around. Okay, so what is it that's differentiating? A great place to work, sure. and it is actually getting those, you know, those really basic things right yeah. at the first, mm-hmm. first and foremost, building a really high trust environment, sure. um, and kind of springboarding from there. I suppose the other kind of follow when we were chatting about was there's a lot of uh, talk in the market around mm-hmm. what does a Gen Z want versus a Gen Y yeah. versus yeah. a terrible millennial and all this kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. and what we're actually seeing is it's less to do with that kind of generational piece yeah but actually where people are in a life cycle yeah. so what's your benefits offering for somebody who is nearing retirement versus yeah. somebody who has young kids and elderly parents at home who are dependent on them mm-hmm. versus somebody just entering the workforce you know yeah. so i suppose it's again those who are differentiating themselves from the market have a really responsive package based on yeah. the kind of life cycle Good. of the people in front of them
0: and actually uh, another country <laughs> a contributor to reports <laughs> who are literally just across yeah. right, they talked a lot about flexible benefits. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because if you're, I don't know, a graduate coming straight out, you probably don't care about a pension. No, this you is should, it. but you yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, if you're nearing retirement or, you know, you've kids or, or other considerations, maybe, I don't know, we health have insurance. insurance or pension. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. changes. Yeah. One size doesn't fit all. This is it. And then, you know, added on to that is if you're working in a, in a high, trust environment and yeah. um, you can have a bit of fun with it too so um, working with a company who had unlimited holidays right yeah it was a low trust environment it was yeah. total chaos yeah I mean it just it hadn't worked as an exercise right and yeah. um, they didn't know where people were they didn't know where projects were and then people kind of clambering on top of people when they were in and either it, they kind of had two ends of the spectrum either some people just were never in work or some people never left, yeah. right, yeah. so they kind of compounded <clears throat> compounded that, whereas when we see that working really well in a high trust environment, it's absolutely, get your job done, and you know, and then we can see what that flexi-benefit looks like for you, mm-hmm. so yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of, it's got to be underpinned by, by that mechanism of trust, yeah. yeah,
0: and I heard someone talk about um, managing by objectives now as well, it's mm. kind of a new way to manage, so it's clear in terms of expectations and timelines, Yeah, so you can not have that flexibility so it really doesn't matter if you're at your desk if the job gets done to the really clearly communicated standards and and everything else then
2: yeah and that transparency piece is massive right so that's That's how people who on your team is seeing what you're doing how is your manager clocking in with what you're doing how are you reporting back Mm. all of that I suppose that's, uh, you know, when you talk about insights and trends, one of the others we're seeing are people who are taking on transparency in a whole new way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's a couple of examples from, I suppose, the worldwide network. One is there's an organization in Brazil where you turn up for an interview, and if you're successful, you're told the salary of everybody on your team and your manager, and you're asked to choose your own salary. Mm. So you know what everybody's on, you know what their work is, and you know what your work is going to be. So now, you know, please choose your salary accordingly. Can you guess what their biggest problem was? (laughs) No. (laughs) People undervaluing themselves. Really? they actually had to wow. encourage people to pay themselves more because they were being relative they felt new really? you know I don't know if I'm ready to give value to this team yet that was the kind of stuff that was coming out of the conversation That's so interesting yeah and then another one was um a Swedish company around expenses they were having a real problem with expenses and uh, they decided to go 100% transparent so everybody's expenses got put up on the company internet and everybody could check everybody else's expenses so yeah. the receptionist could say excuse me Mr. CEO who was that lunch with today and he would have to be like well well, that's you know X minus and we did this and we did that. Right. Cut their expenses by a third within a year. Wow! You know, because it's 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 this idea of, and uh, I'm still coming to terms with this, but radical transparency. But this idea of the more transparency you have, you know, the the kind of the change in the in the in the in the culture around that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and actually, so we, we do a lot on blockchain, mm. not, not in yeah. there's a lot because there isn't a lot, but we've done a bit relative yeah. to others in blockchain, and a lot of successful blockchain projects we see, or use cases that we see, are effectively around transparency, mm. you know, so uh, a company we worked with, it was all about, if I give X amount to charity, I want to know exactly where it goes, and you can yeah. see, you know,
1: from
2: beginning to end, yeah, yeah exactly it
0: X with this, or, or whatever, so, um, really mm. interesting the whole kind of transparency side.
2: Yeah. yeah. And we I suppose we would even see it with organizations who take on grid work as a as a framework and mechanism for change. Those who are more the more transparent you are with it, the better buying you get from the employee experience, right? right. So I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um a vanguard So they used yeah. to formerly MBNA down in Caracon Shannon. Um, average tenure, I think they were saying something like 16 years and AvantCard as a brand has only existed for something like four, right? So they've yeah. got this kind of dichotomy of experience going on. And they came on for a certification program, which is a, a kind of a three-year commitment. Um, and they've been very public about this. Uh, they came in year one, 57% trust levels. Like they, it was not a trusting environment. Okay. And they said, okay, how do we, how do we take this on? Um, and again, went for that very transparent approach. So they set up a great place to work team, which I think at the time were called the Cultivators. And they had, these are the three things that we as a team are gonna go after, this is the data, this is what we're using to support this. HR, these are the three things that we're going after, this is the data to support this. Senior team, these are the three things we're going after, this is the data to support it. Okay. So they kept it really transparent. Okay. And the type of practice they were doing were, so they had a bit of an issue around managers feeling involved. So they did a senior team rotation where a manager goes on to all of the senior leadership team meetings for three months. Mm-hmm. They see every decision that's happening, the whole process kind of opening up again that level of transparency. They jumped from year one to year two from fifty seven percent to seventy three percent. Wow. So massive impact on the data, yeah. right? Everybody included in that story. Um so you know, people can really make it work for them as well. As was just an example from from the network, I guess. Transparency is key. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There's so much happening in the world of work. What changes do you think business leaders should be aware of and preparing
2: for? To be honest, I know we kind of briefly touched on the start. I think one of the big dominant narratives at the moment is future of work. What that's going to mean. As you said, robots are coming to get us. What's AI (laughs) going to be doing? And then the flip of this narrative is, well, you know, we're not going to have to do any administrative work and we're all going to be completely clear to be our fully creative selves and you know there's a lot out there right a lot of chat out there um, and I actually think one thing that we would see that leaders are doing really well is kind of not nipping that in the bud because it's the wrong way to look at it but getting in front of that conversation so owning that narrative a bit so yeah absolutely in five years time your job might not exist but let's have a chat around that. What does a job look like for mm. you? How can we build that together? What are the trends that you're seeing in your work? How do you think AI is gonna help you? What are the sports that we can put in place? So people feel they're part of that conversation sure. as opposed to it happening separate from them and is gonna be imposed on them in some future time that they're not in control of. And yeah. um, trying to give a good example of this, I know one of the one of the organizations we work with did what they called the dream job exercise. Mm-hmm. So everybody was tasked with, if you could, Build the dream job based on something that's going to be useful for the business and good for your career trajectory. What would you do? And everybody, it was part of their performance review and this kind of piece. And they were said, you know, take in the themes that are coming in from the outside world and you know bring all of your knowledge and expertise to the building of these dream jobs. And twenty-seven new roles were created that people then stepped into. Hmm. Right. So this wasn't an abstract exercise. This yeah. was tangibly what, where are we going as a business and what can we own in this space. So I suppose managers and leaders who can get upfront. On top of that story and part of that narrative are going to going to differentiate themselves in the market.
0: Very good. Yeah. And um, in, in terms of uh, in terms of changes, so do you see much of trends you know between different economic cycles? And so I suppose thinking of Brexit. Yeah. If you've heard of it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've heard of <laughs> that <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Actually, one of the girls <laughs> took two
2: and a half hours yeah. go into work yesterday. So because. Um, because we're right beside Marion Square. And obviously the whole thing was closed down and uh, Boris was late, (laughs) so um, she got late anyway. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, part of that is where you can get the knowledge, get the expertise, use the available channels to you. Um, but they're absolutely trends. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, of a tangible example now. Okay, so health and wellbeing. Mm. It's massive at the moment. We would see um, candidates going for interview who are interviewing the organization yeah. on oh, what yeah. is your health and wellbeing offering, tell me about this, yeah. that kind of piece. And there's a part of us that think that a lot of stuff out there in the market at the moment is quite tick box around it, you know, so you can have your fruit bills and your yoga yeah. and that kind of piece. And, that's yeah. great. Um, and then there are some people doing some really fantastic strategic work embedding it. And actually what that means, because we're on a rising economic tide, there is yeah. oftentimes available budget for stuff like that. But if we see that shift happen. It could potentially be the first thing to be cut away right so it was okay, lovely to right? have when times were good yeah. so for all of these things I suppose when an organization is really clear about who they are and what it means what the employee experience means for them they've just got to embed that and got mm-hmm. to kind of commit to that mm-hmm. and then that becomes part of who they are and it's not the first thing that's cut away yeah. based on an economic change yeah. um, and then there's all the uncertainty that goes with that too so they can only, <laughs> you can only contingency plan for so much um, I know we were talking to, to an organisation a couple of weeks ago around the whole Brexit thing. And they were like, you know, we got to contingency plan number 602 and just decided <laughs> where is our worthwhile investment at the moment, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's where you can do um, and then it's being able to be adaptive and reactive enough that you can kind of take on any change that comes in the market. Some fascinating insights there. I think the biggest
1: takeaways that I've gotten from this conversation are getting the basics right and just mm. be the clear communication and complete transparency. Hmm. I think if you can get those things yeah. right here. Yeah.
0: And be, be authentic as well. Yeah, it's no point, you know, yeah. beanbags and stuff, there's no point doing it. If you're not a beanbag place, you're not Yeah, a
1: place. Exactly. exactly. If people want to connect with you or learn more about Great Place to Work, what should they do?
2: Yeah, so best thing to do, E. That's our, our website. Um, they're welcome to email me either. I suppose we'll put it in kind of... Uh, wherever they can find that through this yeah. Um, and yeah happy to have a conversation cup of coffee with anybody so yeah Brilliant. that's great thank you so much thank oh thanks to you guys that
1: was great, great. fantastic thanks insights me.
2: thanks everyone
0: thanks for joining us today on your pursuit of happiness the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry for show notes and other goodies go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast that's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.